Big your pardon for that. Actually, Tsulufelo Nakedi is my next guest together with Non Tsigelelo Ngube, who respectively are the Community Interventions Manager and Executive Assistant at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. It's not something I enjoy having to speak about, but something very much necessary in our society. Hashtag Femicide Nation South Africa again making news all for the wrong reasons. Two names, Tsekhofatsopule, Naledi Pangindao, brutally murdered. Gender-based violence, statistics in South Africa, especially during lockdown, they keep moving in the wrong direction. Where to next? Tsulufelo Nakedi, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Um, thank you, Sangezo, and thank you to your listeners. What do we do now as a society? Because this conversation, whilst we can and should never get tired of it, it's a conversation that just doesn't seem to go away. Why are South African men so brutal? Why is gender-based violence the way that it is in South Africa? What is wrong with us as a society? Yeah, I think definitely those are deep conversations that we really need to be asking ourselves as a society. Um, it is very sad that uh, we almost seem to go through phases where something happens and then we begin to talk about it and it's a big issue and then it dies down and then something else happens. Uh, this clearly shows that we need to con- uh, to have continuously talk about issues of gender-based violence and see ways, creative ways of really how to deal with them. Uh, but I think this is definitely a reflection on just the psyche and the kind of a, of, of a country that we are. Well, what kind of country are we when you have a situation where you have Naledi Pangindawo? Her only crime was to call the end of her relationship with her partner. Why would she be hacked to death for that? What psychological issues must there be in society for such a repercussion, for such otherwise a very ordinary act of human relations, Nonzigelelo? Nonzigelelo, are you there? Okay, I'm going to move on. Tulu Fellow, you heard that question. Do you want to respond to that? Because I don't seem to have access to Nonsigelelo right now. Okay, um, definitely we are a country that almost has a culture of violence, um, that we have not developed skills of how to deal with issues without necessarily resorting to violence. And this we are seeing with this high levels of gender-based violence. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot uh, that the country psychologically has not dealt with, uh, that we need to start talking about. Um, and it's especially um, our, our, our young men who sometimes don't find it very easy to talk about such issues. And then we, when they're dealing with issues, we, we then uh, they resort to violence. And sometimes it's the way... Uh, We've raised some of our our boys to say, boys don't cry. Uh, boys, um, you need to 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 show that you are a man by being violent. So some of these things, when we see them manifest in different ways, uh, we get surprised. But they they start off as little seeds that that we we insert that we 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 grow in our children, and then when. When, 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 when they become bigger than we had expected, then we become um, surprised. But some of these things are things that um, 
we definitely need to deal with. As recent as Thursday, there was talk about the potential establishment of a National Council for Gender-Based Violence and Femicide. I'm asking this question in relation to a couple of years ago where President Ramaphosa said he would establish a gender-based violence fund. Can you tell us more about that fund and what work it has done so far and how closer we are then, if any work has been done by that fund or with those funds, for the establishment of the National Council for Gender-Based Violence and Femicide? Um, Well, I am not sure how far that process is, Um, but what I can say is that it definitely needs to be something that we really have to focus on. Uh, But it's not, the fund is not going to, we have to think of creative ways of how to deal with issues of gender-based violence. Um, And sometimes we have these wonderful things uh, that are created, whether it's the fund, whether it's different uh, legislation that or things that are are there to to assist, but I think we need to be thinking of how do we deal with ordinary communities, how do we deal with ordinary uh, members of our society, how do we reach down to them? Um, and some of these things we really do not need money it's around starting to talk about them, talking to faith-based. Uh, leaders talking to um, community leaders, our traditional leaders, getting everybody involved to begin to to talk about how we can definitely deal with issues around gender-based violence. I have since heard, and this is going to be the final question until the top of the hour, that the men in Mossel Bay following the brutal killing of their own in Naledi Pangindawa have resorted to among themselves meet on the last Sunday or of every month for the purposes of engaging themselves. Tell us how important it is for men to engage this topic, perhaps exclusively among men, to talk about gender-based violence and how they can better behave as a society of men. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this gender-based issue is not something that only females can talk about. It needs everybody involved. And sometimes men need to have these conversations to say how, what makes us to behave the way that we behave and to have deeper conversations that they themselves can understand by themselves. We need everybody. This is, uh, this is a, a, a state, this is a, a, a problem that needs everybody involved, uh, including men. And I think it's a good thing that they're beginning to have this conversation. Let's take the news break. We continue the conversation very shortly. Following the news break, we will talk some more about Femicide Nation, the rise of GBV in South Africa. Nonsigele Lumnube is back. We will talk to her. Tulufelo Nakedi, thank you so much for your time. We continue the conversation with Ms. Nonsigele Lumnube, who is the Executive Assistant at the Center for Study of Violence and Reconciliation. Let's focus on the reconciliation aspect, please, Nonsigele Good evening to you, and thank you for joining us on this, the Femicide Nation, the rise of gender-based violence in South Africa. And, of course, we can attribute a lot of that to the lockdown and that a lot of people have lost jobs, the fact that they are confined to specific spaces and the stress levels that have since gone up, none of which, of course, are offered as excuses or justifications for the fact that we have to have this conversation with something like the GBV Command Center calls 
as many as 120,000 calls per day with 2,230 new cases that have been opened in the first four weeks of the national lockdown. So when we talk about these numbers, what is it that through the center's work from a reconciliation perspective do you see as a key ingredient or component that is necessary for South Africa to better attend to its questions around gender-based violence? Uh, Thank you for having me. Um, I'd just like to start by quickly highlighting that uh, GBV and femicide are actually a national crisis in South Africa. So statistics indicate that one in three women die at the hands of an intimate partner daily and that the rate of femicide in South Africa is actually five times higher than that of the global average. So GBV and femicide have been occurring in South Africa well before the national lockdown. And I think with regards to um, the reconciliation aspect of it, um, we've seen um, in 2018 the hashtag total movement that resulted in President Cyril Ramaphosa convening a presidential summit on gender-based violence and femicide. In 2019, uh, we also witnessed women that marched to the JSE in Santon, and they were also declaring that um, gender-based violence and femicide are indeed a crisis in South Africa. So we've seen, even in the last days, as you've highlighted, the cases of and Naledi Pangindao. And these two cases are not isolated, but they actually underscore that this is not a new phenomena in South Africa. And if I would just highlight, uh, you know, even names such as Uinene Mkwetjane, Karabo Mkwena. So those are all names that just point out the crisis that we face in South Africa. So I think... um, uh, sorry, I just got cut off. I'm not sure if Sulu uh, spoke about the community interventions that we do. Speak about at, them, please. At the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. So basically, uh, we have programs in communities. Uh, in the communities we're currently working in, that's in Marikana, in the inner city, and Pretoria CBD, because we believe that... Uh, the, pro- the problems are in the communities, therefore the solutions lie in the communities. And that's where we need to be looking for these answers. So I think for me, a, a key a component of re- reconciliation would be going back to the grassroots and basically changing the psyche that um, Sulu spoke about earlier. We need to to change how men and boys think in the communities we need to educate them about the impact and consequences of their action. They need to know that women are not property that you can play around with, that you can kill, that you can destroy, but they need to be educated that women have rights. And only then when, when we see a change in the behavior of men and uh, boys, I think really then will we start seeing a dawn on the reconciliation aspect of this. 
Let's talk about um, this question of violence. And I'm actually quite encouraged to ask this question because here, here, here's a very poignant question. Black-on-black violence is rife in this country. Example, the recent murder in Alex by a policeman during COVID and rape, robbery, mob violence where there are protests against their own people. There's no marching to Ramaphosa's office. I'm beginning to think that only the EFF has some sort of backbone. That's the contribution from Warren. Let let me characterize this because I don't think we should dismiss this out of hand. We have, I mean, all the names you've mentioned, all the names I've mentioned, these are African names. And a lot of the time, the perpetrators are African. I'm not suggesting for a moment or for a second that non-African groups do not have this problem. But the culture of violence, particularly in the African communities, has got to come to the fore. It has got to come to the fore, especially at a time of Black Lives Matter, because everybody is talking about George Floyd for the right reasons. But for some reason or the other, many are not, the same people are not talking as much as they could be and should be about their very own here in this country, Collins Corsa. Here is a black government, mum about Collins Corsa, and yet the same government can then write to the United States expressing its concerns about a George Floyd. This is the same government that presided over Marigana. And Marigana, I cannot see it in any way different to Sharpeville in 1960. Why in this country does there not seem to be the sense and kind of agency in attending to the trauma, if it is the trauma, or just the sheer culture of violence, if it is that, in the African community? Hmm, That's a very pertinent question. Thank you for asking that. Uh, so I think just from my work at the CSVR, we really believe that South Africa is a wounded nation. So we basically have not addressed uh, the traumas of the past, um, the wounds from the le- legacy of apartheid. So that really contributes to a lot of the the things that are playing out in our society um, I mean, even the, the social injustices, the structural injustices that we all ab- attribute to uh, apartheid. So I think basically even our leaders, uh, they still have issues from the past that they have not addressed themselves. Um, they have this wound that is festering that they are afraid to face. You know, And I think in, in our work we always say that uh, You've you've been through apartheid, um, you went through torture, you were probably tortured, you went through all of that. And then you woke up tomorrow and you became a minister, a president, a minister, whatever, but you have not dealt with issues of the past. And those issues are basically playing out in our present day to day. So there is a lot of things that are happening, I mean, even with regards to state capture, um, there's a lot that is happening in our country, and it, it basically goes to the underlying um, factor of apartheid and the wounds of apartheid and issues from apartheid that have not been addressed up to now. And I think, in, in especially in black communities, uh, we really shy away from this issue of mental health and dealing with our feelings and the things that trouble us, I'm sure, as you're aware. Sure. So, so you mentioned state capture. What did you mean by state capture? Where does it feature in this conversation? Um, so 
so, but, but basically, it's 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 a structural issue, right? Um, it, it plays out in the form of corruption. So, be even corruption or even this GBV that we are talking about, we also uh, attributed to being a to part of the structural inequalities and systemic issues that we face in South Africa. So it's it's a whole myriad of complex issues. It's not just violence is there, but there are a lot of underlying issues, including even um, uh, state capture, corruption. Very well. No, I, I appreciate your submissions. Thank you so much then for your time, Ms. Nonzigelelo Mube, Executive Assistant at the Centre for Study of Violence and Reconciliation. We were talking about the rise of gender-based violence in South Africa, and in all the most deplorable manner, the numbers are looking very bad, especially precipitated by the times of COVID-19 and lockdown South Africa. After the break, we have a conversation then with Ms. Dem Tlanganisima Longolwana talking to us about the small business environment and how it has simply been strangled by COVID-19. More on that after this.